Hey, guys, listeners. Hey, listeners. Wow, here we are. End of the show, huh? <laughs> end of the season. End of the season. End of the, the show. End of all era. 15 seasons. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We're done with it already. Surprise, this podcast uh, is only going to be about season one. Hey, folks, we're here at the end of season one. How about that? What a journey it's been, honestly. We okay. Even just season one feels like we have gone on a journey. Yeah. So let's do a little retrospective, huh? Uh-huh. I messaged you in September of 2020. And yeah. I said, no, here's what happened. You and I have known each other for like fucking years. four years now, <laughs> which is oh wild. God. Yeah, we met on the shoot server when I was in college. Yeah, we met because of person of interest. And then we, and objectively, a much better show than this. Ob- than this. Oh, hands down, objectively, much better show. <laughs> um, we met through person of interest through the ship shoot specifically, and then when I so then I, you've been watching Criminal Minds for a while, right? Yeah, I got into Criminal Minds. I think my senior year of college because I was trying to avoid doing my thesis. That'll do it. That'll that'll really do it, yeah. huh? That'll really that'll re- really just like kick your ass into a comfort <laughs> media you never knew you wanted, yeah. right? I so I watched Criminal Minds for the first time ages ago because I liked a girl who liked Criminal Minds, so I watched the first like nine seasons because I think that was like all that was out, mm-hmm. and I immediately forgot about the show entirely. So and true. then yep, the crush faded, my hyperfixation faded. And then last year, 2020, I had was working on my master's thesis. <laughs> and I was like cycling through true crime shows to distract me to just play on my monitor while I worked on my thesis. And then I went, well, I know Criminal Minds is fictional, but it's like kind of in that same vein as like the serial killer true crime stuff. And I remember there being a brunette that I really liked. I'll just yeah, watch it. Yeah, so true. It was Emily Prentice. <laughs> um, I, I do not remember anything about Emily Prentice, like from, you know, the first time I watched it, but I distinctly remember there was a brunette that I like. She left the show. I could not get into the next brunette and I dropped it. I would like I... to extend a formal apology to Alex Blake. <laughs> yeah, honestly, apologize. Honestly, I'm so sorry, Alex Blake. <laughs> Fucking 20 year old me was like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> But so I rewatched it in 2020 while I did my master's thesis. Got obsessed with it. None of my friends would watch it. My wife wouldn't watch it. No one would watch the show, which, you know, good for them. You were posting so many gift sets on Tumblr. Like, it was <laughs> all my Tumblr feed was for yeah. a long time. Yeah, because I got a new hyperfixation. Uh, so I was obsessed with Criminal Minds. No one would talk to me about it. There wasn't a Discord around that I could enter. Now there's like a million Criminal Minds Discords, but there wasn't any. Yeah at the time and or there weren't any that i wanted to join no offense um and then you messaged me to be like oh hey i see you're watching criminal minds and you just you just happened to message me when i was like i need to talk about the show i want to do a criminal minds podcast none of my friends will even watch the show humor me and watch it and you messaged me and I went, yeah. hey, like, ha ha ha, want to do a Criminal Minds podcast with me? And you went, sure, I've already got another podcast, let's do it. And here we are a year later. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that was probably when this episode is coming out. I think that's, this is about the time that we 
recorded that first episode because we recorded the first episode in like late september early october and then didn't release it until like december we had to record it twice do you remember because i was using my wife's like gamer headset which i don't think true the gamer headset (laughs) here's the thing i would like to apologize that microphone i don't think it's a bad microphone i think i'm just loud as shit and it was right next to my mouth (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. that is a true fact that is a true fact about you. The fact every <laughs> nearly every time we record, I have to go in and be like, "Do you want to turn your mic down a little bit?" Yeah, I'm trying, bestie. I can't keep it in. Criminal minds You're does things so to me. So hard, and I appreciate that. I try my best. This is our finale episode. This is the finale of season one. This is not the last episode of Wheels Up season no. one. I want to make that clear because we are going to be coming back and doing like a bonus episode where we're gonna like put all the episodes of season one in ranking order to which one we liked best to the least. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be doing um, some other bonus content. It might be in the same episode as that. I'm not sure how that's going to all shake out yet, but um, we will be doing some other like bonus content and such soon. So don't worry. We're not dead. No, we're going to do some bonus content for season one. And then we're going to take a little break and then come back for season two. Yes. Yep, we gotta keep going, or I will be 45 before we finish this podcast. Yeah, we can't take too many breaks, because Jesus fuck, there's 15 (laughs) seasons of this show. Yeah, and they're all like 22, 23 episodes long, right, Buzz? Yeah, it's just like, man, Man. y'all couldn't have made a shorter show? (laughs) 15 seasons! our intro for one last time for this season oh hey b wow what a good idea um hey b fancy meeting you here um would you like to record the last episode of season one for wheels up our criminal minds podcast jay i would love to talk about criminal minds season one episode 22 the fisher king part one yeah (sighs) weird I can't think of any other show that does, like, part one as the finale. Well, not just that, but, like, this part one was entirely set up. Like, they really said, we're going to give you, we're going to set up a cool crime, and we are going to end season one on a cliffhanger. And then they disappeared for, like, a a summer, and then would come back with part two. And it's like, this sucks, actually. I'm glad that shows don't do this anymore, especially because they tend to get canceled now. But like, God, imagine like, you don't know if Elle is shot or if she shot the guy or what. And then it's just like, now you have to wait two months to find out. Not even that. It's longer. The Fisher King part one aired on May 10th of 2006. Mm -hmm. They didn't come back until September. Oh, that's... That's a fucking brutal break. What is that? uh, Four months. Yeah. That's brutal. Damn. I would have hated to be a Criminal Minds fan (laughs) back in season one. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I know. All right. I guess we can talk about the episode. I guess. I have some, like, vague memories of this episode, like... 
one, the bar that we do trivia at is called Fish, uh, Kingfisher. So it does make me laugh. Kingfisher's a bird, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that's probably one of the reasons they called it Fisher King. I'm sure they'll explain it. Hopefully in part two, they explain why the fuck it's called Fisher King. Well... There were a couple, I mean, there were a couple of allusions to fishing, right? You have the trout quartet, or trout quintet, and then Aaron mm-hmm. was like, Aaron, why do I keep calling him that? Hotch was like, uh, five agents fishing. So you get this, like, fishing metaphor, kind of, but you don't really get, like, um, you don't really get, like, a, uh, uh, description of why they're called Fisher King in part one. And it's also strange because they are trying to allude heavily to, like, Camelot and Arthurian legend. Yeah. Which, to me, doesn't immediately draw a parallel to the Fisher King. You know? Like, that doesn't that doesn't track with me, even though I know objectively it probably is closer than I think it is. But I can't think of any other fucking Arthurian legend besides fucking Camelot and well, Excalibur. I, I, think, I think it's the formatting, the Fisher King, you know, in the same way that you would say Hail Arthur King, you know, they would put King at the end of it. So I think that whatever whatever Fisher ends up meaning, you know, I think that it's more about the way they are setting it up. Like, here is the Fisher King, you know? Yeah, it's just so... so yeah, it, 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 you don't know why it's called that in this, in this one, you know? I know a fair thing or two about, about you know, the Middle Ages about that kind of stuff. One, because of my medieval hyperfixation as a middle schooler, and two, because of my theater history masters. Um, mm-hmm. I put a guess down. I wrote a guess down. I don't remember what the book is, but I put a guess down of what I think it is. Um, I'm sorry. I, we're going to see if I'm right or not. I, we'll I got to be. I, if we'll it's see. not this, I'm going to be one, real mad at myself, and two, they're wrong. <laughs> if it's not this they're wrong <laughs> sorry so let's... okay okay this so. episode the mm-hmm. fisher king part one what goes yeah. on so we start off with creepy house like middle of the night lightning like ooh, spooky immediately they're like this is our gothic episode <laughs> yeah you've got the house you've got the dungeon you've got the breakdown of the family structure with the girl being taken away from her parents and Hotch being ripped away from his kids, uh, kid, you get um, isolation. You get an aspect of the paranormal because it's spooky. You get, you know, you it's get so it. Spooky. It's so spooky. Um, okay, so we are having a, our gothic criminal minds episode, spooky house. We go into the spooky house and there's a girl sleeping on a old timey bed, and this guy goes to like, well. Someone's hand reaches down, and it's super like I wrote. I wrote deformed, and I know that's not the right word, but it's it's all veiny and weird. Yeah, and it's a weird looking hand. Yeah. Oh, I just put something together. He plays with her hand, and then he pulls out a knife, and it cuts to the BAU. That was when he was cutting that lock of her hair off. Oh, right. He's like playing with her hair, then he cuts it, and then later we see a lock of hair. Right, I think that was what the knife was in that moment. Huh. I don't think I that it was that. like beating up. If you hear rustling this episode, I do apologize. I, I'm in somewhat of a lackadaisical position at the moment. 
You're recording the finale of our podcast, uh, the finale of season one, like casually reclining on your bed. My childhood bed. Yeah, it's a we have weird vibes here today, and that's why. It's because we're in all sorts of we're in we're in a state here today. We're in a we're in a state. We're in a different state. I'm in a different state today. Okay, cut to Guantico. I love the L Morgan bisexual energy in this moment. Bisexual broship, so true. I love them. <laughs> so L is like, oh my god, your friend in Jamaica, he his resort, like it better be good. And Derek's like, it's not his resort. He's just the manager there. But then the rest of the show, they do just kind of be like, oh yeah, his resort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then Derek He's says- He's like, I'll be pedantic once and that's fucking it. The rest right. of the time, I don't care. <laughs> He's just the manager, yeah. But then Derek says, don't worry, this resort is off the hook. 2006. <laughs> 2006. <laughs> We're off the hook. It's off the hook, baby. Yeah. Um, and then Al is like, there better be like- Fun, we better have fun. And Derek says there are gonna be young, beautiful adults looking to make vacation memories. And I paused, wrote that down, and went, That's vague. Pressed play, and L went, male and female, right? And Derek <laughs> says, L, it's two weeks of pure heaven. My <laughs> wife energy. I got my wife energy. The so way that they funny. have just like put these two as like these are our two fun like these are two sexy agents. These are our two sexy ones. Both yeah. of them are very very queer. <laughs> Enjoy. They also I was so surprised they don't like flirt with each other. Like we could have had a fun like when we're off of American soil it doesn't count as fraternization, <laughs> you know. Instead of a hall pass, it's just like, we're off American soil, so like, let's go. <laughs> we're, on, we're on vacation, doesn't matter. Um, okay, so then they find out the entire team has two weeks of vacation. Um, and then Derek is like, I'm glad it's the whole team. If it was just us, they'd call us back. And, okay, I gotta, okay. Elle says, why? They have other teams. And Derek says, you can go on believing that if you want to. <laughs> I think here he's implying that he's like, you know, nobody else is as good as we are. So we're going to get called in if some shit happens. <laughs> I just but like I also love how much it sounds like they're in like purgatory of like, I mean, you can keep believing that, that's you know. That's what I said. Elle is like, there are other teams. And Derek is like, but are there? Or is but it kind of really? just us just here? That made me laugh so hard. The idea that they're like, maybe other teams or there may not be. It's so funny. Okay. And then Reed shows up and Derek immediately turns around and goes, pretty boy. You're looking forward to your time off? And I don't know if that's our first pretty boy, but it is the most pronounced pretty, pretty boy. boy. <laughs> Where are you going? I was like, oh, Derek, you're not on vacation yet <laughs> keep that you are american soil yet down boy come on <laughs> 2006 you're an fbi agent keep that shit to yourself until you're out of the country <laughs> come on. i wrote um oh yeah derek is like pretty boy you sure you don't want to come to jamaica for us like even you can get a little love in and i was just like <laughs> um 
<laughs> There's some energy in the studio today. <laughs> there was definitely some energy going on there. Yeah. I wrote, read to home, sad face. <laughs> He's like, no, I have to go see my family. Bye. And he just like leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote, hot with family, smiley face. He has a long list of chores. And the only problem is which he's going to do first. He, by the way, I love Hotch's, like, energetic husband energy. Hotch would love, it's like Hotch loves his family. He loves his child and his wife. And he loves being home and doing regular dad stuff. Yeah. Um, But also, no, he doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's so weird because maybe it's just, I don't know, the... It I mean, seems like a complete 180 for him, and I love that he got gets to have this moment of, like, I love going home and doing chores for my beautiful wife. Like, I love this. I was, like, trying to think of, like, what the purpose of, like, like, I wonder if they just did it so that it would be such, like, a hard shift later. Because, like, the rest of the time, and in season two, he, like, he does love his wife, and he, like, he does love his kid, and he likes being home, but he also, like, would rather be working you know yeah it's so it's i don't know it's just, it's really strange the way that they did it it like felt a little off to me but at the same point i was just like you know what no maybe he's just excited for two weeks of family time you know it was also this like came out of the blue like wasn't it two episodes ago that Hotch was like, we need to get Reed a vacation. And Gideon was like, yeah. what's a vacation? And then it's just like, surprise, everybody has two weeks off. Everybody is literally fleeing the office, like running yeah. out of there. It was like, sorry, I was never under the impression that they couldn't take a vacation. It was more that they wouldn't take a vacation. So I was just like very confused as to why suddenly like, they all don't want to be there. I don't know. Anyway, Gideon is like, yeah, I'm going to go spend two weeks in the woods. Do not talk to me. But seriously, do not talk to me. Goodbye. Which I love. Yeah, He's about him. to spend two weeks in the woods having a fun time. Yeah. That's it. And then we get, so they're all having fun. And then we get this somewhat depressing realization <laughs> that JJ and Penelope do not get a vacation. I thought it was funny because, like, for Penelope, it's more like, yeah, she, like, does help other teams. She, like, does other things. But JJ, when Penelope is like, hey, I thought you had a vacation, JJ says, oh, I don't get the time, same time off as them. I have to make sure they have work to do when they get back. And I was just like, so is, so is JJ exclusively with this team? It seems like it now. That's what they're kind of, like, cementing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then also... Why does she not? She could get a week off. Like I think, yeah, it's it's weird, but I think they sort of just imply that like she's on the same level of support staff that Penelope is, so they just don't get uh, that much time off. And so also, she's just like, actually, you guys, I'm gonna wait to take my vacation until all of you guys are fuck out of here. Like I just want to <laughs> have a week in the office of peace and quiet. Peace fuck and all y'all. Quiet. Yeah, exactly. But then also, I think it's interesting too because. Later, when they're talking about the Trout Quintet, and Hotch says, like, five agents, you know, fishing, that's Derek, L, Reed, Hotch, Gideon. Yes. He doesn't include uh, Penelope and JJ as part they're of, They're not like, an agent. Yeah, even though, even though JJ is an agent. 
but Penelope's not. not not. I don't think Penelope's a civilian. They say later, but JJ's an agent, and also, but also they do all work together to catch bad guys. Like you can't say JJ. Like I mean, maybe she hasn't been on screen a lot, but she's gone in every fucking case with them. It's like and later when the Fisher King is talking to them, their he quest. He's JJ. like, "This is your team." Yeah, I don't know. Maybe them. Hutch just had a little misogyny moment, you know? <laughs> well, he included L, but he was just like those two, mm, the blondes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He had a blonde phobic moment, actually. <laughs> We're back, presumably at the house. We see like statues of knights and pictures of st- of knights and medieval things and a court and like devils and things. And then it cuts to pictures of the BAU. The first one is like JJ giving a press conference, which like made me laugh. It it was from the episode with it was from Plain Sight that screenshot. Don't ask me why I know that. Don't ask me how many times <laughs> I spent looking at pictures of JJ. That's a screenshot from Plain Sight. Um, and then they showed a couple other ones. They had one from L only a couple episodes ago from um. I don't know. All of Elle's clothing looks the same, but it's like it's like she always the same shirt in different colors. Every yeah. episode, it's the exact. Hey, same she thing knows next. that she works it. I'll allow it. <laughs> it's like, she knows that she looks good. Yeah, she's like whatever. Um. Oh, and then I laughed because all of them are from episodes except Penelope's. Penelope's is like not an episode we've ever seen. It's just her getting in and out of her car. And it made me laugh because I think at this point, Penelope has never been to a crime scene yet. So there's no way for the Fisher King to have a picture of Penelope. So they were like, we'll just take a picture of her like getting out of her car. I did think that was very funny. (laughs) I love that he was like, fuck, okay, I need pictures of all of them. All of them can come from crime scenes, whatever. And he's like, who the fuck is Penelope? He's like, all right, I got to do another. (laughs) (laughs) I just like love the idea of the staff being like, we'll just pull pictures from episodes. So they do, they do. And then they're like, oh shit. Garcia's never been out of that room, huh? Like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure we've seen her out of that room like, once and it was when sean hoster came (laughs) yeah she was walking down the hallway to the room yeah uh hilarious um okay so then um he like he like pushes like a a pa system kind of thing and he starts whispering like dear i'm going to have to go out you know stay here and weird i'll be back soon but it like goes down through the floors and there's like three floors that look exactly the same and then the basement and and then you see that she like has chained ankles and as soon as he stops talking she's like screaming and yanking on her chains like clearly like does not want to be there um i mean clearly yeah (laughs) okay this is criminal minds very rarely do people (laughs) want to be the places that they are Damn, that's a good point. <laughs> like, okay, Montego Bay, Jamaica. Um, Derek and L sitting in their chairs, hot, sexy tanning. God, they're just hot. I know. It's uh-huh. not it's... to be like wow, but also like wow. I know. I women know. and also men <laughs> and also Derek, Derek specifically. <laughs> Ah, oh, women and Derek Morgan, huh? <laughs> Listen, I'm gay. I can't be just like, I love men. But I can't be like, I love Derek Morgan. Derek's friend comes over and is like, hey, hi, how are you? Kind of flirting with 
honestly both of them and then (laughs) and then true another bisexual (laughs) king yeah and then Derek spots like three hot women on the beach and he's like oh excuse me I do have some business to attend to and then he like goes to walk away and goes oh Elle do you need anything from me and Elle goes no like you go have fun and he goes that's the right answer and then he walks (laughs) away they're just such besties I'm (laughs) telling you such besties uh, so then like something like hits next to Elle and she's like huh and it's a frisbee and then this hot guy comes over and is like hey do you want to play frisbee Elle literally like looks him up and down and is like yeah okay <laughs> and then it, like the <laughs> next time we see her she's like slow dancing with him at a club like almost making out but not quite and then Derek comes over and is like oh are you having fun and just goes shut up and the guy says something and she goes, shh, and puts her finger on his mouth and is like, don't talk. And then just starts making out with him. I was like, Elle said, shh, you're a piece of meat. Quiet. Do not remind <laughs> yeah. me that, do not remind me that you are a human person. Like, it's so funny. It's, it is. It's so funny. It's just like, damn, Elle, get it. But She's just like, anyway, I like my men quiet. it's funny because we were talking about like what kind of boyfriend l would have the answer is a silent one (laughs) strong and silent (laughs) strong and silent type yeah okay anyway we cut to hotch at home he's like going through boxes in the garage and he like pulls out a hat right as Haley comes in and, and he's like pirate number four like in pirates of penzance and He's like, I wasn't good, but I was committed. And Haley's like, yeah, you weren't very good, were you? Anyway, <laughs> throw that hat out, would you? And he's like, no, I can't throw the hat out. And she says, you have until this evening to give me a reason you get to keep it. And they're like, ha ha ha, and then they kiss. And then it cuts to the most fun Gideon scene. He, I love this scene. Cause he's just bopping and having a good time. There's like he's just there's having like the time of his life. Classical, like jazzy kind of music playing, and he's like chopping his onions, smashing his garlic, getting the sage, cans, things on the oven. He you like hear him like with his music and like whatever. It's adorable. And but then you see you hear like a beep and you see him open a cabinet and there's just a TV there with security cameras he has four security cameras um which was like all right and he even says he says later like that was the only place i could go to feel safe to just like forget the world and like pretend like everything was fine but he does still have those four cameras there he is still a paranoid old man he's still very paranoid yeah okay um music dancing cameras cabinet. okay then oh god bless we get to penelope and what she's doing with her time she's playing like camelot <laughs> she's playing basically uh off-brand runescape yeah is what she's doing except like the way they show the game there is no game that is like that there's no game that would look like absolutely that. not like that is like like they're, they're like cut scenes but yeah. of her talking and this other guy talking. So, like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing. You can't, like, Correct. keep typing and then get a cutscene from it. Um, anyway, 
So she's playing with this guy. And she keeps just being like, oh, my liege. Um, whatever. And they're speaking in the dorkiest, dumbest fucking way possible. I can't say anything about that. Because I do love I that think- shit. I, 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 I know. I just think that it's so funny the first time we see a video game on this show. <laughs> they're like, oh, the queen doth protest too much. <laughs> Thou art the prettiest lady in the land. Yeah. Fucking nerds. I know. And that's why JJ comes in and is like, what is this? And she's, and, and Penelope's like, Camelot? I'm playing Camelot. And JJ's just like, uh, okay, weirdo. Like, but then fucking nerds. Yeah, and then JJ is like, you don't know anything about this guy, or even if it is a guy. And I was just like, what kind of buy energy are we on in this episode? This episode had such big buy energy. Big buy energy, and the B-B-E. best part of BBE big buy energy. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but. I like, though, so we've got two sides of this. One of JJ being like, you don't know if it, if it even is a guy. And then she, like, makes a face that's like, huh? Hmm? Penelope, mm. are you into women? Penelope writes. <laughs> I love the little, like, do you want to answer that question, Penelope? And Penelope's just like, anyway. And Penelope I'm like, is okay, like, gay skirting around the issue. <laughs> and, but, but, but Penelope's answer is like, I, he and I show up online at pre-appointed times every week and he, I have his undivided attention. He lavishes me with praise. Like it's this and that. And then she goes, when have you had a date go so well? And JJ just has a (laughs) moment of where she's like, huh, I've, well, hey, does he have a fictional brother? (laughs) So funny. Uncle or grandfather? Yeah, she goes, does he have a fictional brother? And Penelope goes, no, he doesn't. And she's like, cousin, uncle, grandfather, whatever. And just like leaves the room. And I was just like, the like the backtracking of like, you know, maybe you're talking to a woman. And then Penelope's like, so you want a date? And JJ's just, we have, we have the boys and a boys, boys, uncles grandfathers and just like dips <laughs> she's just like anyway i she's anyway. like i mean i wouldn't mind being a gold digger like i'm just saying i would marry him for his money and when he died he died you know if he dies mysteriously i he work dies. for the fbi you know <laughs> exactly um okay then we cut to we cut from that very jolly scene to the bennington sanatorium nevada <laughs> yeah which was like oh okay Turns out, Reed's mother has schizophrenia. Is this not this is like the first time we hear about this? This is also the first time we see Reed's mother, who, who is is Jane Lynch, who is just <laughs> Jane Lynch, who is most famous in my eyes for being a crazy motherfucker on Glee. So, didn't we talk about how like she's on the show for a fair bit in the beginning, and then she just disappears, and then she starts coming back, and we realized that, like, the gap of Diana being so missing was when Jay Lynch was (laughs) Sue Sylvester on Glee. God. (laughs) I'm sorry, just every time I see Diana Reed, I'm like, wow, it's Jane Lynch. I'm like, you're not Diana Reed, you're just Jane Lynch, who is Spencer's mom. (laughs) This is a little bit of a tangent. You can cut it if you'd like. But there is a big theory about 
it's kind of called like theatrical like haunting where like characters are colored by the actor that portrays them so Mm -hmm. like the example that i've that i read was kelsey Grammer was in king lear is that true either king lear or Macbeth. it was like a big deal but there's a moment so the the play doesn't start off with the with i think it was Macbeth. doesn't start off with Macbeth. So you have the first scene, and then, like, there comes Macbeth in his armor, and when he lifts his helmet, it's Kelsey fucking Grammer. And there's, like, a moment of, like, hey, Kelsey Grammer's Macbeth. Yeah, you know, and it's, like, in every movie, there's always that moment where, like, the actor, like, has their back to the camera, and then they turn around, and it's, like, clearly a reveal. Hey, it's this actor, you know? (laughs) But it's the idea that, like, some characters are always going to be colored by who plays them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, at yeah. this point, like, Indiana Jones is just Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, you know? So yeah. so it's, like, that sort of thing. And, and I, I think that um, Jane Lynch just, God bless, she does suffer from a case of being Jane Lynch. Yeah. It's just, it's the fact that she's just so Jane Lynch. The thing is, though, I don't think she was famous. She wasn't. So I don't think it. people wouldn't have been like, oh, shit, it's Jane Lynch. Maybe when she comes back, people, people would like, be like, oh, shit, that's Jane Lynch. Oh, shit. I didn't realize Jane Lynch was Spencer Reed's mom. I think at this point in the show, though, it would be fine. But when I see her, I'm like, oh, shit, Spencer's mom is Jane Lynch. I mean, I imagine it's how people felt about like Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. When people were like, oh, shit, Mandy Patinkin is in this show, you know? Anyway, I couldn't. I honestly could not get past the fact that it's Jane Lynch, and I, for this whole show, I will not be able to get past that fact. Yeah, no, we're gonna constantly be calling her Jane Lynch instead of Diana Reed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so if sorry. you are a fan of this show and also listen to Afterbite, my Vampire Diaries fan cast, there's a character on there, a one-off character who is played by Haley Kiyoko, and I don't know <laughs> what her character's name was. It's I Hayley only Kiyoko. ever refer to her as Haley Kiyoko. That's just Haley Kiyoko. <laughs> sure, you were on w- one episode of the Vampire Diaries, but mostly, you're just Haley Kiyoko. That's why I know yeah. you. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, and it's that like same way. Same. That's like exactly correct. Um... That's how I feel now about, like, Patrick Brewster, but be- it's because of Criminal Minds. Like, I was listening to a podcast, and they played a snippet of the, like, behind-the-attraction Disney thing. And Patrick Brewster narrated it. She's the narrator of it. So when they played the clip on the podcast, I went, hey, wait a minute. Hey, it's Patrick Brewster! <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, if I, if I went to watch that documentary now, I would just spend the whole time like, hey, it's Patrick Brewster. Hey, do you know that that's Patrick Brewster? Hey, I'm listening to Patrick Brewster talk. You know, like, it, like now everything she's ever in for the rest of my life, I'm going to be like, I'm watching Patrick Brewster in this movie. Like, I watched Community, and it was like, oh, it's my favorites, and also Patrick Brewster's there. You know? It's like <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Yeah. But, but reverse, because Criminal Minds did that to me. Jane Lynch is here, basically, is what we're getting at. <laughs> what we're getting at is Jane that's Lynch. That's what that whole tangent was for, is that Jane Lynch plays Diana Reed, who is Spencer Reed's mother. So Jane Lynch is sitting by the window and Spencer's like staring at her from like a distance. And we find out that she has schizophrenia. We find out that Reed writes her daily letters. That's such like, a good sign. Rarely comes up again. Yeah, it barely ever does. Yeah. I mean, how but I think it, it does come up a few more times. She, I think she has his letters later, but I don't think they're like, yeah, Spencer writes her daily letters, you know. I 
think that's um, actually such a cute. That's cute. Be like, hey, I want every day. I want you to be able to get a letter. You know, I've got, I've got a little something for you though. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be daily letters, and you know why? Because they're always on cases and shit. No, because there's no post on Sundays. Oh, so true. <laughs> Fuck you. I think it's so <laughs> cute. There's a joke from um, what movie is that? The Notebook. The guy Ryan Gosling writes her a letter every day, and there's, so there's 365 letters, and then someone went. Yeah, but they don't deliver mail on Sundays. So they just get two letters on Monday. That's not as romantic. Anyway, he writes a daily letter. She talks about him all the time. She, like, talks about his, like, adventures on the cases, which I thought was interesting. And then you find out that she's a professor of 15th century literature, which, like, it's one of those things that, like, they definitely did that because of this episode, because I'm pretty sure she helps them in Fisher King Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they find out that it's the person that I think it is. Um, yeah, Jane Lynch is it is in Fisher King Part Two. Yeah. Um, imagine if they were like they showed what was in this episode of her, and then just like didn't bring her back for Part that Two. That was it. Yeah. That was it. He shows up. He can't bring himself to talk to her. Gone. That's yeah. it. You're like, oh, okay, Spencer. Yeah. So he shows up. He can't bring himself to talk to her. He just like hands um the nurse administrative lady a book by Machi Kempe, famous medieval author and then ditches great back to Jamaica oh this is where they're dancing Derek is dancing with that girl Elle goes don't speak and then she's making out with her guy adorable sexy so true I love that for her so true bestie and then Hotch and Haley oh Hotch is like sitting on the couch looking at he calls it like reflections, but I'm pretty sure it's like a yearbook, yearbook. or something. Yeah. yeah. And it, Haley sits down and it's like adorable. And you can tell that Hotchick really like does want to be home more. Like he loves his wife. He loves his kids. He just cares about his job. So here's the thing. They, he says at the end of junior year, he got his reflections book. But then like he says, how did I miss you for two years? I think it's implied that she was in the grade below him. Oh, right, 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 right. Also, we do learn later that Hotch did go to boarding school for high school. So, like... Jay, I say this with love in my heart. We have a fucking podcast about this. I mean, we could have... This show's not going to make fucking sense. I'm just saying. I got to point it out when it's bad. Yeah. Wait, so he was at the junior year in in 87. Yeah. Does that... (gasps) Oh, line up oh, with pause, quick pause, math time, math time. You're so, oh, yeah, God, I was gonna say, you. does that line up with so junior everything year, else we've learned? We know his birthday is in November. Yep. So junior year. So let's see. He probably started high school. I was in oct- early October, and I was a year younger. But if he's in November, he's probably a a year older, or like the correct year. Do you think? I think he's the correct year. Okay, so 1987. And how old are you in junior year? You turn 17. You so turn he would 17 be in junior End year. of junior year. So he'd be 17. So that means he was, that means he is the exact same age as Emily Prentice. Again. You're welcome. 1970. We've, we've proved it across That's seasons. his date of birth. He is uh, the exact same age as my parents, which uh, is weird November to November 1st, 1970. That's Hodge's B-Day. He's only, hold on a second. He's 18, 19, He would be 36 20. in 2006. 
So at the end of junior year, Hodge gets his reflections book. He says that he was like looking through it and he walked past the theater club where they were rehearsing a play and he like looked in and he saw Haley and he was like, I'm going to marry that girl. And then he looked her up in the book and was like, how did I miss her for two years? And then Haley kisses him and then she's like, fine, you can keep the stupid hat. <laughs> I love that this wasn't even him like trying to lay out a case. She was just like, I see why you want to keep the hat now. That's you can cute. keep That's it. Like, fine. Also, like, how do you date? How are you married to someone you've never told them like that story? I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't know. Does she not remember they were in that play? I mean, she remembered they were in the play together. I guess she just didn't know that he had joined the play because for of her. her. Yeah, whatever. Um, okay, then they make out on the couch, and you're like, "Oop, they're gonna do the sex." Um, cut to Gideon on his date? Question mark. It is a woman. She's like, he's pouring her a glass of wine and she goes, careful, I'm not responsible for what I do after two. And I had the thought of like, when I'm in my 50s, am I going to drink two glasses of wine and be trashed? (laughs) I mean, it depends on the type of wine. Listen, I'm not saying that you should get fucked up on wine. I am saying that there is some wine that will get you fucked up. Yeah, okay. If you say so. Um, Okay. They do some cute slow dancing. It's adorable. Cut back to Hodge and Haley. Now they are naked on the couch. It is <laughs> they later. They did in fact do the sex. They Congrats. did in fact do the sex. It's later. The phone rings and Hodge picks it up and it says, don't waste time on the first victims. They're like bad people. Something. Uh, the youngest holds the key. Like help them, help him save the girl. She's the important one. Weird. Then it cuts to Jamaica and the friend who runs the hotel is like, I got an anonymous call that there had been a murder in room 19. You know, I saw the blood leading up to it. I thought I'd call the police. The police go inside. You see the blood everywhere. You see like a dead person's hand on the bed and you're like, oh shit. Then it cuts to Penelope. She's playing her game and then it just says game over. And then it starts saying all work, no play. Over and over again, over and over again, on all the screens, and it's a virus. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, okay, we get it, girl. Then it cuts back. You're distressed by this. We get it. This is bad. Then it cuts to Gideon's cabin. He's, like, holding this woman so weirdly while they make out. I was like, I was like, why are you holding her so, like, stay? Um. Okay. And then you hear the beep of like the motion sensor on his camera and then um and then he opens it and you see like a car coming like a delivery truck and then he turns around he's got a gun and he's like get in the bedroom no one should be here um and then it cuts back to jamaica and the blood is leading to another room and they're heading and you see room 17 and you're like ooh, come back to gideon the guy gives her him a package there's a little envelope that says save her Inside of it is a, like, laminated baseball card. Nellie Fox, 1963. Then he opens the package. She, The woman comes out of the bedroom. He opens the package. There's a human head inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back to Jamaica. <laughs> the blood, they open the door. It's Elle's bedroom. They, like, drag her out of bed. They're, like, handcuffing her. She's like, who are you? Who are you? She's, like, pissed as fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, as she should be. As she should be. Also, I do love, can I just say, I like that they didn't give her sexy pajamas. 
she's literally in like an A-frame in some shorts. Like they could have had yeah, her like she's... naked or near naked or, you they know. They could have had her much more deboshed and they were yeah. like, no, Elle Greenway's a classy motherfucker. She like, just wear a tank top. She is still wearing her makeup from the night before. She literally Wait. said like, I had sex. I go back to my room. I put my pajamas on. I go to sleep. She said, I, I love not- the fact that she's that she left and she was like, I'm not spending the fucking night. I am going back to my room. Thank you very much. I would love my space. Thank you. Later, later they asked her, like, what time did you go to bed? And she's like, I don't know, midnight. And they were like, were you alone? And she was like, um, when I got back to my room. Yeah. It was like so funny. She literally like had sex. She was like, don't speak. Had sex with this man. And then went, thanks. And just bye. Left that back to her. But the the other funny part, right, is when she's dancing with him, Derek goes, I'll see you tomorrow. And she goes, afternoon. But she didn't stay with the guy. They had sex and then she was asleep by midnight. She is finding another guy in the morning. I'm just saying. She's like, don't try and talk to me before noon. I'm going to have a little morning quickie and then we'll talk. That's it. That's what it is. You know what I imagine Elle's plan was? Have sex with the guy. Go to her room, asleep by midnight. Wakes up, goes back to the guy's room. Knock, knock, knock. Good morning. More sex. Back to the room for a shower. She said, I will have sex with you twice. I will not sleep in the same bed with you. And you As know is what? her right. As is her right. So true, queen. Yeah. Uh, cut to Gideon. Gideon's like, woman, get, get in the car. He doesn't say woman. I don't know what her name is. He's like, get in the car. I'll take you home. And then the cop that's or guy that's like looking at the boxes like hey by the way do you know anyone in jamaica the package is from montego bay we know that that's where ellen derrick is gideon does not know that's where ellen derrick is gideon says no i don't fucking know anyone in jamaica (laughs) this is the most in character gideon has ever been he's like i don't fucking know dude Why do I know where people are? So like, he doesn't you know, know they're in Jamaica. You know anyone in Jamaica? And he goes, no, I don't know anyone in Jamaica. And then he gets in the car and then it cuts to Elle in the interrogation room in Jamaica. <laughs> Which is so funny. And he's like asking her all this stuff. She's like, I'm an FBI agent. I'm here on vacation, man. That's what Elle says. <laughs> I'm here on vacation, man. Um, And then they show Elle the picture. Somebody, I guess, on in her room above her bed had written blood save her and Ella's like oh shit and then it does the thing where Ella like picks up the photo to look at it and it zooms into the room and now we're in the room with Derek and I just want to say it had been a minute since they did that (laughs) and I forgot that was a thing Criminal Minds does and then all of a sudden like the frame of the picture was moving and I was like what is happening (laughs) I like literally had a moment of like whoa we're going into the picture (laughs) (laughs) you like forgot that the magic was there and you were like oh experiencing it new for the first time like a child who gets to see something cool you're like whoa a magic trick i was like whoa the screen is expanding like (laughs) anyway then we're in the crime scene with Derek, and the police woman is sitting there the police woman is there and she's like hey buddy i don't give a fuck that she's an fbi agent the blood led straight from the killer's bedroom to her bedroom. Like, what did you, what do you want from me? And you know what? She's right. She is. She's completely right. And I think Derek yeah. realizes that she's right. Yeah, she's like, would you want me to arguing. not, would you want me to not like apprehend the person who's at the end of the trail of blood? 
Yeah. And Derek is still kind of shitty about it. He's like, I mean, yeah, but why is there no blood in Elle's room in that case? Yeah, which is a good point. Which is also a good point. I just, yeah. I, I like that he's like, yeah, fair, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, his friend shows up and tells them that, like, hey, the guy was actually with somebody else in the adjoining room. And the policewoman goes, why are you telling him that? Which, again, so true. So true. And he's God, like. the women this episode. I know. He's like, you're right. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. Um, and then they and go. And then speaks only to her, even though Derek is still standing right there. Yeah, which I do appreciate. Um, Derek kicks. The, they're like, oh, he was in the adjoining room. So they're like, let's go. Derek kicks the fucking door down. There's nobody in the other room. The so room is like, completely spotless. Yeah. And then Derek calls Penelope, who goes, who answers and goes, what? And then She he- is in the midst of like, De- dismantling her computer dismantling she's gonna it. wipe her shit she's gonna crush those hard drives she's 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 got a honey the pot hacker thing of just bugging it out dude she's got a honey pot behind a 16 kernel magnet and, and then a honey network and he's gonna his hard drives are toast um but Which she's I love that we finally got to she finally got to do her hacker speak, and yeah. I'm like, okay, sure, see so it. true, so true, it. girl. Talk about those kernel packets you've got in the honey net, and the... about that honey net. She's um, like, if I have to track his IP back to the fucking Stone Ages, I will. And I'm like, so true, queen. So true. The worst part, though, like, not only is it like she was stupid and did this on the internet, whatever, but like, it was like it's unmistakably that dude she's been flirting with, you know, unmistakably, which is kind of like. God damn it, I fell for the flattery. <laughs> like, But also, here's the thing. I don't know if it's entirely Garcia's fault. Because we, we learned this later, that the only reason he got into the FBI network is because she hooked up her laptop to the... Wi-Fi. To the Wi-Fi. It is not her fault that the Wi-Fi had no controls on it whatsoever that, didn't al- that stopped him from jumping from point A to point B. You're if so she right. never hooked her laptop in, that's not entirely her fault. That's FBI cybersecurity's fault, honestly. That's true, and she's not cybersecurity, we learn later. And like, but also, it doesn't make sense that she had much less protection on her own laptop. That doesn't make sense, really. No. Um, she uses her laptop that, like, later to like proxy into the FBI servers. So it doesn't yeah, make so, any like, sense. She absolutely would have that much security on her own laptop, but it's fine. Whatever. They didn't realize that she was a very insanely good hacker yet, I guess. But also, like, it's not her fault. No. Because anybody could walk up to a laptop, like, could anybody could infect an FBI agent's laptop that was unsecured. Like, I doubt the rank and file of the FBI has a laptop that's more unsecured, that's more secured than Penelope Garcia's. She can't be the only person in the FBI who, like, also uses a, laptop. a personal laptop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so even, like- if, even if someone had a work laptop and they took their work laptop home, even if they used a proxy server or whatever, they're still connecting to their home Wi-Fi. So if exactly. they then brought their computer back and connected... Because that that laptop, even if you connect to the FBI Wi-Fi, that laptop is still going to use the same proxy server to connect to the servers. So it's like literally like anybody with a laptop who connected to another Wi-Fi and then came back runs the same risk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... 
I hate when people are mean to Penelope Garcia because it's not her <laughs> fucking fault, especially this episode. But it's I feel so bad for her because he's like, hey, I need you to run something for me. And then she starts, cr- she's crying. Yeah. Like actual real tears crying about it. And she goes, so no, I can't. Hangs up. And then it's just like, oh, baby. I know. I thought it was like, baby. baby. Um, okay. So then Gideon gets to the BAU and we get JJ with the recap. Hotch got a phone call. L's in jail. Hot is on the way. Derek is also in Jamaica. Here with these two guys that we think maybe you have a head in the box. You got your baseball card. Um, there's no forensics. Came back on the card. We learn. So JJ, I like that JJ is like, okay, we've had a lot of really short, quick scenes. Let me give you a little rundown of what's happened so far in this episode. <laughs> I did enjoy that. Um, so then- yeah. Gideon's going to his office. The guy stops him and is like, hey, we ran the card. There's no forensic evidence. Um, and they're working on the head. And then the guy walks away and Gideon goes, hey, looks after JJ and then goes, hey, wait, tell them to check Jamaica because, tell them to check like Montego Bay, Jamaica, if there's any like headless bodies. Because you know? they have a body without my head or, or, or without a head or whatever or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So like JJ telling him all of that, like made him make that connection. And I was like, of you okay uh, oh i have i said l with quotation marks no makeup in the interrogation room it's very much like last night's makeup but it's clearly like she's got her eyebrows done you know yeah yeah um hotch and hotch comes in oh my god this is so cute hotch comes in and immediately like takes his suit jacket off and like gives it to l to like cover herself which is so cute which is thank cute. you dad hotch thanks dad hotchner and then Derek's in the doorway. And, and Hodge basically says, like, look, your morgue shows that the man has been dead for more than 24 hours um, because of the food in his stomach and this and that and this. And Elle so was not in the country. basically, Elle wasn't in the country when this guy was killed. So, yeah. so we let can, it go. we'll cooperate with your investigation, but we're taking her home. Yeah, basically, like, they will help with this investigation. They will do it from Quantico, Virginia. Um, and then the guy, like, gives the key. And Elle fucking snatches it. Also, Elle went to bed with her, like, gold armband on. She's, like, yeah. still wearing that stupid armband. And I was like, Elle, girl. She's, like, in her necklace. I was like, Elle, girl, you really said, I just got fucked six ways to Sundays. I will think about this tomorrow. I just went to bed. So 2006, though. I love it. I am obsessed with that. Okay. Now. Oh. <laughs> So we finally get to see, I think this might be the first time we see the inside of JJ's office. Yeah. There are like 10 stacks of files. One of them like tilted on top of a printer. She has two lamps, some awards on the shelf, her degree is hanging, a corkboard full of notes and nonsense, two family pictures up, and then like a plant. And it's the messiest office on the planet. I love that we have seen Hotch's very neat office. (laughs) We have seen Gideon's like, messy but messy because he like puts things down and leaves them for later jj's office i mean it is comical the amount of files that are in her office we don't even know what jj does yet but we know it's important (laughs) but clearly it's like right now all we know is that jj talks to the reporters talks to the media sometimes she'll make like case packet files that's all we know that jj does and yet her office is bonkers bananas also, don't they change later when we see her office later? Don't they change the direction that her desk goes? 
No, well, no. So right, well, what they change is right now it's kind of like in the middle of the room. They push it up against the window. Yeah, that's what I thought. They push yeah. it up to one side, and so she enters her desk from the other way. I like saw that. and I'm like, wait, you don't enter your desk from the left. Yeah, you she enter like, it from the right. She, she like walked yeah. in the door and like entered from the left. And I was like, why is your desk in the middle of the room? Like, that? no. Later <laughs> yeah. they do. Later they do push it to the side. Um, but it stays just as messy. There's an episode in season three where I won't. I can't spoil it. But Garcia comes to talk to JJ. Office is a fucking mess again and as they talk penelope is like putting pens back into her cup holder is rearranging jj's desk for her and i just want to say adhd jj writes (laughs) yeah honestly like so true me too queen i don't know shit at all ever i do though (laughs) fucking love a messy desk i love a messy desk um okay so she gets a package she's like oh weird um it's a butterfly in a shadow box pinned and it says, she has been searched for, yet never found. Which yikes. is like, yikes. Yikes indeed. Okay. Cut to read on his way to visit his mom. Somebody that's a package for him there. It's a key. Bum, bum, bum. And then there's a note yikes. that says, the note says, she will die unless you save her, Dr. Reed. Call Gideon. He knows. Cut to this. The cuts in this episode. There are so many. And it they, is so unnecessary. They really sent them. They read, we will separate the seven of them, and we will cut between them constantly. It's All so right. fucking annoying, too. It's, it's just like, I get it, you're cutting between these guys, because, like, you know... A lot's happening at once. To, a lot's happening, but also... I hate it. This feels like... I hate it. You never get your feet under you in a scene before they're like, anyway, we're heading over here now. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, and I think fuck that's... you. That's what we are talking about, that this episode feels so weird. It's like... It went by so quickly because it's a million short, tiny scenes. And there's a lot of information to keep track of, which I think is kind of the point. But also, like, I'm the audience. I should know what's happening. Um, But also, also, nothing happens in this episode. It's so poorly paced. This episode is literally just, like, them getting clues, getting clues, getting clues. And then, like, twist at the end. And you're like, okay... So now I gotta wait four months for um Yes, and I have to wait for four months until it comes back, I <laughs> until guess. Until it comes back, I guess. Um hope it's get fucking cancelled. Okay. JJ goes <laughs> to Gideon off JJ goes to Gideon's office and says, I got a weird package. And he goes, Weirder than a head in a box. And she goes, hands him the box with the butterfly and goes, So that's a pale, clouded yellow butterfly. I love how she's just like, Yes, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> I got a butterfly. He goes, Weirder than a head in a box, and she's like yeah, I got this butterfly pinned with a weird-ass quote on it. The butterfly's indigenous to Europe, mostly Britain. And I just like was like laughing. I was like, yeah, that's a weird-ass package to get, huh? A head in a box is like weird, but also you're like, FBI, she got a pinned butterfly. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, I get that the, like, the head is objectively worse and weirder because like somebody died. Oh, yeah. darn, hate that. But also, but the she head got is a in weird context. butterfly and a cryptic quote, okay? You got a baseball card and a head. Chill. <laughs> Chill. Okay, we cut to the blonde woman. She's like coughing in bed. Oh, she's sick. Okay, great. Oh, darn. Yeah. Oh, dang. L. <laughs> Potch, Derek, enter the BAU. L. Well, Hotch is like, don't you guys want to go home and go to sleep? And both of them are like, no, absolutely not. And he's like, oh, okay, can't stop you. JJ shows up and goes, all right. Frank, oh, so, okay. So, Matt, Marty Harris, Marty Harris is the dead man, head and body. Frank Giles was the guy that he was with in Jamaica. So, we find out 
that Frank Giles took a red eye to Florida and then flew from Florida to Arlington, Virginia. So his crime rap sheet, criminal record, is for manslaughter, rape, and robbery. And I and and here's the thing, right? L goes, oh, he's from Virginia. He's from Arlington. And JJ goes, we don't know where he's from, but I do have his entire criminal history. And I was just like, yeah, like I was like, sorry, you, know, you have his criminal history. You don't have like a where he's from. They also don't make any effort to be like where they're getting this because Garcia's computers are down. They so don't. I guess it's just some other researcher that they Kevin. pulled up. <laughs> it's Kevin. It's Kevin Lynch. We just don't know him. We feel his ghost presence. Ugh, fuck Kevin Lynch. All right. Marty Harris, the victim. He was a child sex offender and a fetish burglar. So Hodge quotes the phone call that's like, forget about the first victim. And then he goes, I mean, they also said her. You must help him to save her. And they're like, well, who's him? And Gideon just goes, read. And then walks away. No explanation. Great. Now we're in the okay, briefing room. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Now we're in the briefing room. Um, we had a little bit of a longer scene. Um, they finally don't cut every 30 seconds. So, know. you know. A win for us nation. <laughs> a win for us nation, indeed. Um, Hotch says, we have an unrepentant psychopath trying to draw us into his game. So they're like, we're going to write the clues on the board. I wrote down the clues because JJ takes them one million years to write the clues down. <laughs> yeah. It's a Nelly Fox baseball card from 1963, a head in a box, and then the body, a rare butterfly in a shadow box, the repeated messages to save her, and Reed has a skeleton key. Derek says, it's super weird of the onset to reach out. Normally, they don't, like, drag us into the fantasy because it's sexual. They'll, like, taunt us because of power, but, like, actually including us is, like, super weird. So then Gideon says, like, you know what else is weird? This baseball card. Because Nelly Fox was on the White Sox team mm-hmm. and Gideon went with his dad like all the time to see him play. Like Nelly Fox was the Gideon's hero. And JJ says, I mean, I collected butterflies as a child, as a girl. That's why I knew what the, you know, type of butterfly was, where it's from. So they're like, okay, so he knows us. Like, we, they gave us something personal. And I was like, I got a police raid. <laughs> and Hotch goes, I got an anonymous message. Also, I would like to call out the racism of this man. Derek did not get a cryptic message. I know. God, he deserves a cryptic message. He deserves to be targeted. They literally, I was, <laughs> I, I don't mean that, um, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I was watching this whole episode and I was like, why is nobody mentioning how Derek did not get a clue? Like, I guess you could count his with L. But he didn't talk to Al. Like, he wasn't with Al. He didn't get arrested, too. Like, I was just like, why is nobody mentioning how Derek didn't get anything? That feels like a clue <laughs> that Derek got it feels nothing. feels weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, uh, I write Penelope because he has PG, and I almost did just say, Pajama knows the location. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Pajama is with the G. No, it's with the J. It's not Jesus Christ. Um, you know what a finale episode. Yeah, what an episode. Um, Penelope Garcia says that the guy knew their location because of the computers. The hacker like got into the personnel files, which had like the room ID and like Gideon's address, because it's important for them to know like where the FBI agents are at all times. And then I wrote Garcia's sad face. Um, 
She is still crying. She got into the online game. And Garcia gets yelled at here. But Gideon is like, how could you be so stupid? Yeah, exactly. As though, number one, as though Gideon knows at all how this could happen. He's like 73. He won't even even look at a computer screen. (laughs) Exactly. Number two, again, we've talked about it. It's not entirely her fault, technically. The way that they said that this happened is not her fucking fault. No. I'm fucking pissed. No. I'm so fucking pissed. Justice for Penelope for this episode. You can't Justice for Penelope for every time she gets fucking yelled at, honestly. Also, like, you can't tell me Penelope Garcia doesn't at least use, like, a fucking VPN. Yeah! Like, are you telling me she really, like, doesn't use a VPN? Like... If anything, when she's connecting on her FBI, I mean, network. even like, like, I mean, she's not like stupid, you know, like, like, yeah, they just made her seem like she doesn't know shit about computers. And then they listed a million reasons why she absolutely knows shit about computers. Like, it's when wild. she's talking about how she has a fucking honeypot ready to go right. for this. Like, right. also, if she had a fucking honeypot ready to go, why didn't he get caught in it the fucking first time? I know. Why didn't he get caught? And it's interesting because, like, in season three, somebody else is at her desk using her computers, and she, on a personal laptop, is proxied in, stopping them from getting into her computers. So, like, why in this episode is it just like, yeah, bro, this dude connected to the Wi-Fi, and now he's in the FBI systems. Their systems should be better than that. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? Are you telling me the fucking FBI... Like, I get hackers are creative, and they're great at what they do. Sure, cool. The fucking FBI got brought down because of an unsecured Wi-Fi network? You're telling me that if I connect my iPhone to the FBI Wi-Fi and then download a sketchy app, I can bring down the government? God, I wish it was that simple. I wish it were that fucking easy. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, that's a joke for legal reasons. That's a joke. For legal reasons, that is a Um, hypothetical joke, fun, funny thing. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, she's like, I know who the hacker is. It's Frank Giles in Arlington, Virginia. And they're all just kind of like, did you say Frank Giles? Cut to the FBI going to Frank Giles' house. Alan and Derek are there. Derek does kick down the door. Inside, they find Frank Giles dead with a sword in him. And on the wall in blood <laughs> is written, Here thy quest doth truly begin. I love that they're like, that they have no reaction to the fact that there is a sword in this man. They don't talk about the fact that he was murdered with a fucking sword. They're just like, wow, weird, weird writing on the wall, huh? Like, bro, that's a sword. Yeah. <laughs> they then just keep being like, what's this weird old timey language? Duff. Die. <laughs> weird. Anyway, what does the sword have inscribed on it? It's like <laughs> the sword that is embedded through this man. They through make the a bed. point to show you under the bed to see the blood on the sword and then follow that up. And yet nobody's like, what's the significance of the sword? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. There's also this a fucking show, dude. I love it. I mean, I hate it, but I love it. There's a bag of money in the room. So they're like, it's got to be about the unsub didn't take the money. Um, clearly he likes to write messages in blood on walls. Um, the woman, there's a- You know, clearly. Like, that's a normal thing. Sorry, I'm just fucking pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like that they're all, like, exhausted. So everything that should be, like, high key, they're all just kind of like, 
great. <laughs> wow, wild. Sword yeah. murder, with me- murder method? We haven't seen this one before. No, you haven't! The sword should be a bigger deal! <laughs> yeah, it should be. I'm sorry, I'll stop yelling about it. No. Still. Get it, girl. Okay. The technician is, like, taking notes, making bags, and then she goes, hey, guys, there's something etched into the sword. Uh, the technician it, whose name is Gina, who is, this is the one and only time we learn a technician's name. And it's just <laughs> L going, thanks, Gina. When she spoke, I went, oh, a union extra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, you're allowed to yeah. speak on camera. Hell yeah, speak yeah. on camera, so your lines. Also, it's so funny that they just used the, hey, the... <laughs> She's not credited as Gina. Her name is just Gina Garcia. That's the it's real just, person's name. So they were just like, thanks, Gina. I wonder <laughs> if they just like did a take and Lola was just like, yeah, thanks, Gina. Oh, shit. We'll keep it. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, give her a name. I love, get that union paycheck, honey. They, that, wait, if everyone is standing around like this, no one's going to really notice the sword. Hey, Gina. Why don't you grab a pair of gloves and one of those jackets and come be a technician for us? Thanks. Like, literally. It's so funny. Okay. The woman's like, there's something etched in it. And it, it I didn't write down exactly what it said, but it's basically like, leave the sword in the bed until the hour be none. And they're like, hour be none? And getting just, and we just goes, 3 p.m. He's there now. We just there now. <laughs> Hey, sorry, um, sorry, not to go back. I just looked on Gina Garcia Sharp's IMDb page and I found something wonderful. Can I tell you? Yes, please. <laughs> she starts as, like, this is her first appearance as like a CSU tech, right? Yeah. However, later she comes back. She's in like 12 episodes across the course of the series and she gets promoted. She goes, she's now like CSU agent sharp. And then she's like, um, and then she just gets promoted to agent. She just becomes so an like, agent. She, she becomes okay, an agent. We I'm have so to keep an eye her. on this. We have to keep an eye on this woman. I'm so happy for her and her promotion. Save a picture of that woman. We will keep an eye on this, this woman's <laughs> career. I love Literally. I, I bet you, I bet you this is one of those things where that she was like a first AD or something. She worked lighting. in the casting department. Okay, apparently. so great. So she was just there overseeing things. Or they were like, oh, you know, it'd be funny if we just cast you as this person, you know? Yeah. So she was like, sure, cast me. So then, but then the, every time they were just like, oh, we should bring Sharp back, but this would make her an agent. And then it's like all the way they just were like, <laughs> hey, Gina, you want to be in another episode? Of her thing on of her thing and she literally gets promoted and i love that for her that is she's like let's tell a story with this oh my god from 2006 to 2020 she's in the last episode (laughs) as agent garcia sharp yeah that is csu tech agent sharp csu tech agent sharp gina evidence tech gina agent sharp agent gina sharp that is so funny but the thing is, is I'm looking at the, these episodes. I know, I know them. Hit and run. It's, I know it can't be the same person. Like, like the like it's the same actress, but like the character cannot be the same character in every one of these episodes. Because in the big game, they wouldn't be in Virginia. The big game, they'd be in um, Atlanta. That's when she becomes Agent Sharp. Come on, she got moved yeah. around for her promotion. Okay. 
God I'm bless. sorry, that was a huge tangent, no, but I I'm had to go. So I had to go back and share that when I found it. That's fucking insane. I fucking love this. We also get the first appearance of Agent Anderson this episode. We do, and he's so cute. Is this the first? We've talked about him on this podcast before. I think he was like, "Here's the thing that I you needed a paper." I think he did that once before. Yeah, I think so. So, so he's also, appearance. by the way, he does more producing now. He's like a he's like a uh, he pro- he like produces the Real Housewives series now. Just so you know, fascinating. Yeah. You know what's fascinating? Hollywood. Hollywood's so weird. Reed is just here. Yeah. I um, mean, he, he quotes like the medieval times. Uh, I didn't write them down. Then he like he asks. He quotes some fucking bullshit. Well, they, they you know. to, like, divide the day into four times as opposed to like, you know, the hours that we're in. So when the hour be none, it's 3 p.m. in current times. He asks Gina for a light. And this is where El goes, thanks, Gina. <laughs> And she goes, I don't have They shine a light in the store to mimic 3 p.m. They find the hollow wall inside of its box. It's locked. They use Reed's key. It's a music box, the Trout Quintet. This is when H- Hotch says, Five Agents Fishing. And the quote in the box says, Never would it be right, but always clear day to any man's sight. And El goes, Well, that was worth it. <laughs> Just like love, I was like, we went through all the trouble to find the box, and there's just a note that means nothing. Um, okay, she goes, Well, that was worth it. But in the lid of the box is a lock of blonde hair and a CD that says, Thy Quest. Okay, and she's just like, Oh, great. <laughs> I know. Here's the thing they yell at Penelope for the for all the shit that they say she does, and then they play this DVD at the FBI. On an FBI computer, they play this DVD. That's going to give you a fucking virus. Exactly. I just like. It like cut to them playing this like in the briefing room. And I was just like. Did somebody guys... scan this? Is this a secure line right now? I was like, I hope you didn't put that in a computer. Like. Fuck. Oh. Justice right. for Penelope. Justice for Penelope Garcia. Um, okay. They see that the dude's like limping. So like, okay, he's injured. Um. He shows the trapped woman, and he basically is like, okay, here's the, you have this, there's one rule to this game. Only the BAU team can participate, and he names them. Jason Gideon, Spencer Reed, Derek Morgan, Jennifer Turow, Al Greenaway, Penelope Garcia, and he shows the pictures. And again, it's all screenshots from previous episodes, and Penelope getting out of her car. <laughs> Great. So true, Queen. Yeah, so he's like, I'm about to send you one more clue, and there's a book that inspired many tales like this one. I guess that it is Chaucer and the Canterbury Tales. That was my guess. Is that the one that... Um... It's the one that has, like, the baker's wife. It's the one that has, um, like, the three men that die in the forest because of greed. I'm pretty sure it's got a story in it about a fox. Does it have the... Is that what the Camelot story comes from? Or, like, the main, like, the Knights of the Round Table and the Holy Grail thing? I don't know that there is a specific a, book a that that comes from Arthur's legend. I mean, there is. It might be a Canterbury tale. The Canterbury tales are like a Middle English mm-hmm. book um, that has a bunch of different stories in it. It's it's basically like a collection of tales of the time. 
Yeah. So it, it might have a King Arthur's Tale in it. I only know a few of the Chaucer's Tale. Again, there's a lot of them. And they're in Middle English, so you can only read them translated anyway. Um, not so, so Shakespeare speaks modern English. Chaucer and the Canterbury Tales are in the English that comes before Shakespeare. It's in Middle English. So it's okay. basically a different language. Yeah. So my guess for what book it is, is whatever the Holy Grail appears in. Because I feel like that's, I kind of vaguely remember a Holy Grail reference. Let me see. Original... Because he calls, because well, I mean, he calls. He talks about knights and shit. Yeah, I think it's more based off of Arthurian legend. And nobody talked about the fact that there was a fucking sword in that dude. Like Excalibur. I'm just fucking pissed. I, ju- I feel like we should f- they should be focusing more on the fact that there's a fucking sword! It's King Arthur! It's Excalibur! It's the fucking... The Knights of the Round Table! And the only Knights of the Round Table story I know is fucking... The Holy Grail. That's the only one that I know. Oh, I you know, you could be right. It could be in that... The original Arthur legend, like the one that kind of got people interested in him, comes from Geoffrey of Monmouth's Historia Regum Britannia, which is the history of the kings of um, Britain. Britain. Yeah, so it's kind of like the original, but I feel like they wouldn't mention that that Reed's mother does 15th century literature unless it was True. important. True. There's a 12th century writer, a French writer, um, Troyes, who added Lancelot and added the Holy Grail to the story because originally it was just kind of like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. So, I mean, it it depends. But, like, I don't think they would go back to, like, the 11th century or the 12th century. Like, that feels too far back. But that is when the Crusades were happening. You know, so... Let's see, medieval literary traditions. We have Geoffrey of Monmouth. Um, I'm just trying to see if it's in Chaucer. I just like, if they're going to name a famous old-timey book, like the Canterbury Tales feels. Yeah, that that feels right, if they're yeah. going to name an old-timey book. Or the Historia Regum Britannia, which is like enough that you're like, oh. And they already use the Canterbury Tales in criminal minds because in plain sight the guy is quoting a monologue between death and a lady which is a story from the Canterbury Tales so I just think like you might be right I just think it all ties together it's 28 stories published in middle English between 1387 and the 1400s so just I just it the pardoner's tale the wife of bath the miller the knight the narrator so like he has a whole story the knight story in the Canterbury Tales. So there's there is there's a story about the knighting in the Canterbury Tales. So I mean that's my guess. Perfect. I want to remind people who are listening to this podcast who did the logical thing and watched Fisher King part one and two back to back is that we have not watched Fisher King part two (laughs) yet as of recording this podcast. No. If we're right or if we're wrong, we haven't fucking watched it. We're going off of what they told us. Yeah. In the fucking episode, just like the 
just like Spencer Reed would be. So if we're right or if we're wrong, either way, we're making an effort. We're making a fucking we're we're giving it the good old college try. So don't you dare fucking step to us and be like, God, I can't believe you guys didn't remember that it was X book. I don't Uh. give a shit. This episode (laughs) came out when I was eight years old. Go fuck yourself. Stick around next season for season two of <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's going to alienate all of our listeners. All of our listeners no, are going to be like, wait. they yelling at them by now. They're going to be like, wait, if you were eight when season one came out, then James was fucking like 11, which means that I was two. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like, what? That's so weird. You're so old. This episode Ew. came out in 2006. I was eight years old. Actually, you this episode. recording this from a nursing home <laughs> yes we absolutely are are you kidding me of course we're too old to be on the internet we're too old to be on the internet i also forgot to forgot to say this last time but the on last episode secrets and lies it aired on may 3rd it aired on my birthday <laughs> <gasps> your eighth birthday yeah. <laughs> on my eighth birthday the gift that criminal minds gave to me was like a pretty middling okay episode uh, pretty fine okay episode it was a fine episode when did this episode air this episode aired on may 10th of 2006 one more clue the book i guess canary tales and then he says i hope to see all of you soon it would mean the end of the game etc jj says i'm gonna go enhance the face i got the footage to enhance the face and then the hair goes after dna jason like leaves out of nowhere and hotch follows him and jason is like i have gideon is like i have no safe space left like the cabin was like the one place in the world where I could like turn my brain off and not feel like I had to like I didn't like hear children screaming I didn't hear this and that and now he's out of he's like maybe I'm out of gas and then he goes I need some alone time please Haley's in the bureau with Jack and Hotch is like what are you doing here and she's like oh you didn't answer your call and he says his phone died and he like you know hasn't had a second to sit down uh, a man brought a package to his house and gave it to Haley and was like, a girl's life depends on this. Get it to Hotch. So Haley comes. And it's like a young guy with dark hair. And the package, it's like, it's like Haley's like, what the fuck is happening? And Hotch is like, he came to the house. Um, So then like Haley and Jack, well, oh, hold on a second. So the, the paper that they get is a bunch of numbers. And Reed is like, I think it's a coded message. Like, no, duh, douchebag. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> this guy wasn't just like... Yeah, here's some numbers. Anyway, they figure out that they realize that like it's a book code. So like each like word is three numbers and it's the page, the line, and the number. Which also made me think that it's Canterbury Tales because that those stories are are the lines are numbered the same way Shakespeare is. Oh, okay. Because it's mm-hmm. like poetry like that, you know? Um, okay. The DNA comes back. It's Rebecca Bryant. She's been missing for like two years. Missing out of Boston for two years. And Elle is like, two years? And JJ's just like, uh-huh. Pins it up on the board. So then, Jason is like, Hotch, we have to have Haley make a sketch. We gotta do a report and send him this message that, like, we're not gonna play his fucking game. And Hotch is like, are you sure? And Jason Gideon's like, yes! So, he goes into the briefing room and he's like, JJ, get the news reporters here. Let's go. Come on. And JJ's just like, um, okay... So she does. And then you see, like, from the outside, her giving this, like, press release. And Haley and the baby went to the hotel. I do like that Gideon goes, 
did Haley and the baby make it to the hotel? I was like, the Gideon. baby, as though he doesn't have a name. I was like, Gideon, do you not know Hatch's name is Jack? And no, Hatch's baby's name is Jack? And like, no, of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't remember, actually. Now that we're thinking about it, yeah, yeah. of course not. So now that cuts to JJ, and JJ is like, here's a sketch of the unsub, gives information about like how they got all the stuff and how someone went to the door, etc. And then you hear the unsub being like, no, 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 this isn't right. And he pushes the button again. He's like, Rebecca, I've got to go again. I'll be right back. Uh, and then they start like listing all the clues they got. And they know it's medieval. They got the British. Oh, oh, no. I, I made a list of the clues. <laughs> you did. I did. Lots of mid- references to the Middle Ages knights. They have a butterfly that is indigenous to Europe, but mostly Britain. We have the card with the fox, which I put a question mark next to. I think that's going to be like a story from the Canary Tales, but I don't know what the exact reference to that is. Um, and then there's a book of tales that inspired many stories like this one. So those are the clues that we have so far. Because Elle got arrested, but that she didn't really get any like specific Anything. medieval clues. She didn't get anything fun, which I think sucks. Yeah. She deserves some fun. Well, Derek didn't get fucking anything at all. Oh, I want to add to my list of clues. I want to add to my list of clues Camelot game. Because that is. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't like mention that already. I know. I think if there is a sword and your tech analyst was playing a game called Camelot, take a wild fucking guess. I wonder what this is referencing. Oh, it might be the sword, or it might be 1963. Oh, maybe the card, 1963, is going to be like the year of the, the edition of the book they need. is going to be like the 1963 edition. And uh, that's what the you know what? Is. You're probably fucking right. I just wrote that I down. love how smart we are sometimes. <laughs> We're idiots, but God damn it, we've got heart. <laughs> we got heart. Listen, I'm a, I'm a research historian who had a medieval fixation as a child. This is my shit. And I'm me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a lesbian. Okay. So then Elle is like literally asleep on the couch and Hotch is like, Elle, go home. And she like doesn't watch it. She's like, I'm fine. But she's like literally asleep. So she goes home with Anderson. Anderson and then, takes her home. Anderson, yeah. cute boy. Cute boy, boy Anderson. Cute boy, Anderson. Uh, and then Hotch goes to Gideon and is like, by the way, I sent Elle home. And Gideon's like, good, that's good. Then the angsty rock starts playing. The first line is, my soul is empty. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, all right, mine too. Uh, and then it shows the team, like all of them are like exhausted. There's like flashing all the clues and stuff. And then Elle goes home. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's, okay, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Her windows are open. I she noticed went, that too. She went to Jamaica. Planned to be in another country for two weeks, and her windows were open. I think, I think what they're trying to say there is that that's, that's how, how got he in. got in. But he's got like he's injured. He's got a chronic like limp. I know. I don't understand why her windows it, are open unless she like, has like a house sitter hired. I just, I just don't know. It was like, was she just too tired? Was to notice. to notice, like, did he open them? Like, did she leave them open while she went to another fucking... I literally was like, girl, why are your windows open? I thought about that too, because it's right behind her in this scene. Yes! It's right behind her. Yes! Uh, so then he shows up and he's like pointing the gun and he's like, you broke the rule. There's one rule and you broke it. Blah, blah, blah. And she's like looking at her gun on the table, like looking up at him. 
and then she goes for the gun, and then it goes black, and there's a bang. Cliffhanger. Season one finale. Yeah. <sighs> you know? That's the... <coughs> that's the season one finale. That's it. That's what Criminal Minds left you with for four fucking months while they went on the broadcast summer hiatus. That's what they left you with. Yeah, I mean... Damn. What a weird episode. Literally all set up. Every all set part up. of this episode is set no, up. But there was a murder, but it didn't feel like a murder because nobody was like, oh man, sucks this dude's dead because he was a piece of shit. And so, But the murder was a setup for like... The murder even, was also they, a setup. They say it in the episode like they he only killed these guys to get our attention. So even like, yeah, like two people are dead, but like they're clues. You know? It's just like so weird. So weird. Such a one. fucking. <laughs> what I don't want to be episode, like it's a bad episode because it's a good setup episode. It's just like, why is this your season <sighs> one finale? If this had been the first half of an episode, I would be like, hell yeah. But the fact that this is a whole episode cliffhanger. And then the fact that they fucking cut a million times a minute. Oh my like, god, it was so fast and it was for what? For what? Like, for what? You just fucked up your own pacing. Look look what you've done. You fucked up your own pacing. It, like, it made, it made the long scenes feel very, very long. And the short scenes that were, like, three lines. It was like, why are you showing me this? Why is this here? It's like they wanted a montage but they needed words to be said, so they just cut a million times. It's like, I had to take a class on Russian montage theory in college, which is more interesting than it sounds, Um, but this episode genuinely fucking reminded me of that because it's just like, and cut and cut and cut and cut and cut and cut and cut. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're trying to instill a third emotion in me. I understand. This emotion that you're instilling, though, is annoyance. It's, it's, (laughs) that's funny. It's kind of like, I don't know, they wanted it to feel like frantic, like a barrage of information, but everyone in this episode is exhausted. So it's like there's no like frenetic energy. It's just it's like just fucking weird. Yeah, it's like they could have I mean they could have done like you know, they I, I feel like they should have chosen a side. Are we supposed to feel exhausted like the team does? You know, is it supposed to be hard to put this all together because everyone is like moving a little slow to begin with and like, et cetera, et cetera? Or is it supposed to be like fast paced? Oh my God, there's so much information. I can't parse. I can't sort through it. This and that, and this and that. And it kind of settles in this middle ground where like it's edited like it's high pace, energetic, fast. You action know. happening all the time yeah but then every scene where we see these characters i mean Elle is literally asleep in a scene like <laughs> i get that we're like in a rush to find this guy but also like everyone is yawning in every scene like no one can think reed shows up to be like golden boy has no idea what any of it means <laughs> it's just like so like what? Why? 
Yeah, it's odd. It's an odd one. It's a weird app. Yeah. Also, Gideon had like a date. And, and it's never... never mentioned again. And it's not the same woman who comes up late in the end of season two. So like, who is this person? Like, was he going to spend Gideon two fuck? weeks? Was he going to spend two weeks in the cabin in the woods? Fucking like. Yeah, I think I think the unfortunate thing here is that, yeah, I guess Gideon fucks. Also, can we talk about how like Hotch and Haley got laid together? Al got laid. Derek got laid. Gideon would have gotten laid. Reed. The only one who doesn't fuck is Spencer. Yeah, because we know and JJ honestly, and Penelope be. each other. Yeah, exactly. They're like, they're like, JJ's like, hey, baby girl, I got this whole office to myself. Come over. Come over. <laughs> I can talk to you like that. you up. <laughs> JJ's like, hey, come hey, take care want- of your liege. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's me your sweet prince I mean I just yep. what a weird episode what a weird bad episode the gay energy in this episode the sexy energy in this episode the sleepy energy in this episode it's a lot it's a little bit like a like a college theater department in that way. <laughs> Sleepy, sexy, and gay. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's me. I should get that tattoo. Sleepy, sexy, gay. Sleepy, sexy, gay, beautiful. Cover girl. <laughs> Jay, oh, scale yeah. of one to ten. What are you ranking this episode? <laughs> the last episode of season one. The last yeah. episode of Season one. Well, they didn't say wheels up in all of season one. So that makes me mad. Yeah, I'm fucking sad. Um, There's so many sad faces in that column on our spreadsheet. It's genuinely <laughs> just sad faces. Well, it'll it'll change soon. Um, okay, let me think. Let me think. I do love the sexy gay energy. I love the energy. I mean, like, I love the energy, but I think it's a very weird energy. I'm going to, okay, I like the gay, sexy energy. I do kind of, you know, I do kind of like the, like, puzzle they're setting up. Yeah, I like, you know? I like the Fisher King story. I like the two-episode arc that they have. Yeah, and I like that we get some, like, I mean, like, fuck Gideon, but like, oh, JJ collected butterflies as a girl. And, like, Spencer's like Gideon's mother Gideon's a big fan is... of this one guy. Yeah, yeah. like. Weed's mother's schizophrenic. Like, I like that they gave us that. I like mm-hmm. the Penelope Garcia scene. Or, not Garcia, the JJ Penelope scene. I like the L. Derek stuff. I'm gonna go with... You know what? I'm gonna give this episode, like, a 7. A 7? Okay, that's a very respectable score, especially for season 1. I feel like I've been giving them all zeros and 2s recently. Yeah. So we got to go back up. I think. Uh huh. I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to give it a seven. Which means, unfortunately, that this season finale is not the highest ranked episode. <laughs> like, it's not the highest ranking by far because we both have given a few episodes eights before. Mm-hmm. But I think this one doesn't deserve anything higher than above average. I will say that, like, I would rewatch this episode with part two. You know, at yeah. the same time. 
I would. Like, I do Fisher King. I think part we're going to give really high rankings to part two when we get to it. Yeah. You you guys will start rating things much higher in season two, I promise. Yeah, it's just that. Here's the thing. I think this episode is like a season one seven, but it's probably like a season two or three five, maybe. Yeah. Like, like this is a this is an above average ep for season seven, but yeah. that doesn't mean or for season one. Sorry, but that doesn't mean it's like good. Yeah. Real quick, real quick. Average out the scores and see what season one gets. Okay. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and even lower. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think we overall ranked season one? If I average it out, what do you think <sighs> all of us ranked season one? I think you gave season one like a four or five average. Okay. And I think I gave season one like like a three maybe average. My average for season one is a 4.6. Okay. Four Your five average for season one is a 4.3. <gasps> oh! We're closer than I thought we would be, I honestly. Know. I know. You you went in solidarity with me a lot. Overall, season one for us is a 4.5. Out of 10. Yeah. It's going to end up being the lowest, other than season like 13, maybe. I I don't know as though it will. Yeah, it definitely will be. I just thought it'd be lower than 4.5. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I thought it'd be like a 2. Ah. As a whole, I would rate season 1 as like a 2. Like, episode averages, you know, some of the parts, I'd say it's a 2. Yeah, and there's like, here's the thing, is there's some good episodes in season 1. We've both given a a handful of 8s and 7s, which is the highest. The 8 is the highest we ranked anything this season. However, we also did give what I think is going to be a season... I think it's going to be a season 1 special. I think we gave two zeros. I don't think either of us are going to give any other episode a zero, like we did The Tribe and Machismo. In any other season? I don't think we will. No. I think we'll go down to like a one yeah. a few times, but I don't think we're going to go, we're not going to dip back into the well of zero. Yeah. So that's it for season one. Um, again, like I said, we are going to be going back and doing some bonus episodes. We will be putting all of the episodes into order of like what the best episode of season one is to what the worst episode of season one is. We will be coming back to that. That's going to be in a few weeks on a bonus episode, as well as some other bonus content coming in the little break that we're going to have. We will be back. We'll let you guys know when we'll be back. Because honestly, right now we're recording this way ahead of time. I don't know what day we're going to be back on. We will probably be back in november sometime we'll just say that give me a line from this episode oh dang um oh I know you're exactly. gonna stop the fucking recording you haven't given me a line yet jay Listen. this time-honored tradition that we've done 22 uh, times now 21 times now and you're gonna you're gonna rob me of this simple pleasure right now so I'm close to the finish line oh so sorry here's one here we go <sighs> give me a quote hey, hey b yeah don't tell me you have a crush on a fictional character 
so true. We'll be back for bonus episodes, for <laughs> including season one bonus episodes later. Until then, y'all have to wait. Uh, we're, fuck, what show am I on? Wheels up. Ha ha ha.